You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. So what's the before the after the show discussion? This microphone. The sound levels of the microphone. Yeah, that's, that's not it, though, is it? <laughs> it was. It is, but... And a little bit about the movie, but... Yeah, we'll we don't want to discuss the movie. Yeah. So we talked about the movie and we talked about the sound levels. We always talk about the sound levels of the microphone because... I don't, but you like you do your little thing. For some inexplicable reason. I don't want to record a whole podcast and realise you can only just hear us. So, Do you ever hear podcasts who don't check their sound and they sound like shit? Yes, I do. So we are, we, I always do the testing, 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 one, two, three, and you always look at me as, and say, why don't you say something else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm knowing the older I get, the more I realize I don't like samey, samey. And the reason I say testing. And test- knowing, predicting that you're going to say that. But you know, because like, if I say testing, testing, one, two, three, I kind of say it with the same. No, you don't. You say it louder and more perso- pronounced. You don't even realize it. That's why I think if you're going to record something for practice. Testing, testing, one, it two, doesn't three. Work. <laughs> it doesn't work. All right, so it is Saturday, March the 30th, 2012, 2013. Actually, I was setting my clock on my Xbox. Then you set it to 2012. 2012, and then realized it's not 2012. So 2013, and this is after the show number 268. That was like last week, when all day long... I was 100% convinced it was Thursday, and until about 2 in the and afternoon, I, I when said I said you. something, you said, no. It's Wednesday. That's tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, well, no, tomorrow's Friday. And you're just like, no, <laughs> today's Wednesday. I was like, awesome. I just gained a whole day in my life. Like, I, I'm So you missing... need that to happen more. I do. It's easy it to. It happens more as I get older, so I'm gaining lots of days. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> I haven't lost any yet. Like, oh, I'm so convinced it's Tuesday. Oh, crap, it's Friday. Like, right. I don't have any of that going on. No, it always seems to happen the other way. Luckily. All right, so the movie we're looking at this week is Killing Them Softly. It's a 2012 release, uh, released on Blu-ray on the 26th of March, so you can go and get it now. It was released this week. Uh, It's from our friends at Anchor Bay and Stars. It's a joint, and the Weinstein Company also. Um, And it's rated R. The tagline of this movie is, In America, You're On Your Own. And Sid Talk, synopsis of the movie Killing Them Softly. Really? It's kind of layered. And it's not Layer Cake, which is another movie that has some undertones of... Okay. Uh, Crime. Organized crime. Yeah. Assassins. Or mercenary. Whatever you want to call them. Assassins. Hitmen. They're assassins, right? Yeah. Okay, that's a good topic. What sounds fancier? Mercenary, assassin, or hitman? Assassin sounds the most... (laughs) Mercenary sounds kind of, you know. Military-ish. So you've got that, and you've got... That's it, really. There's a a problem happening in this one city with the... What city was it? I don't know. I think it was generic. Yeah, I think it was generic. Yeah. Um, No, he did mention. One of the big... Where it was. Yeah. One of the big poker games gets hit. Meaning someone comes in shotguns and masks, blah, blah, blah. And it happens to be done by a certain fellow. It happens again later. Someone wants to blame him. Someone wants to make an example. Da, 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 da. 
you've got a hitman and hey, some man. crime people. I mean, this really, it sounds, it's like super basic. And yet, to explain it, what it's really about, to me, would be difficult. Okay, let me... Um, it's a people movie. Let's start... It's a character movie. Yeah, it totally is. Let's start with the... Uh, there could be some spoilers here, so... Go and see this movie Definitely. and then come back and listen to what we have to say. Because we could spoil Unless them. you're going to go see the movie and like tweet and look at your phone and look at your iPad and be distracted every five minutes. In which case, it doesn't... I don't give a shit what you do. You can listen to... We will tell you every freaking thing that's going to happen. <laughs> and then you're going to go watch it and you're not going to know anyway because you're not paying attention. Correct. So let, let me say here, from <laughs> the outset of this movie, and I don't know if you remember this because it was like the opening seconds, the credit sequence... It was done in this really disturbing way. It's just a guy walking. Yeah. But it but it kept like going... <laughs> the menacingness was like... A... No, but it kept doing this... Um... Well, it had Johnny Cash singing as well and talking. No, at the beginning it didn't. It, it What it was was... And it reminded oh, me of yes. Irreversible. It was Obama's voice. <laughs> but before that... No, no, it was The words Obama. killing... And it went... <laughs> like this real horrible noise. Yeah. And then them... And then like it kept cutting... And I was like, wow, this is like insane... That doesn't actually match the tone of the movie to me, but I really was into that opening sequence. It kind of waked me up like, oh, shit, something's going down here. Anyway, this movie, Killing Them Softly, I loved it, and I'll tell you why. Reminds me of It's going to be short. <laughs> reminds me of a movie from the 1970s where it is slow and deliberate, which there isn't enough of these days with this, like, let's snap, 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 let's get everything going. It's really slow and deliberate, and the fact that it is slow and deliberate makes it feel really super menacing the entire time. Constantly menacing. Right. So Constantly. Like, like, I'm like, oh my god, it, this is going to break out into violence at any second, which it does on a number of counts. Um, but that's the thing, it's a beauty, you just, you've got your head cocked a little bit, because you never, you know instantly, there's no reason to think it. No. Really, except the vibe, and then the Johnny Car the Johnny Carson song, the Johnny Cash song of "There's a man coming to town, he's going to decide." And it feels like now a I've listened older to that movie. song probably thousands of times in my childhood, and it was it's always that instantly makes me go, "Oh, that's Johnny Ca Johnny Cash kind of," and this guy's hardcore. I don't know why, but that's what it played in my mind. Then I was just like, like goosebumps all the time because I thought at any moment. Because it's played as a really good drama movie. You just never... You and never I know. really liked how they take a long time to introduce the characters, right? And Brad Pitt doesn't come into it until like halfway through the movie almost, it felt like. It wasn't halfway, but... Like 30 minutes. Mm. I'm not saying halfway anymore. Yeah. I'm saying 30 minutes at least, right? So the beginning part of the movie is introducing you to these douchebaggy characters. The, these two specific characters who are... Oh, I didn't think they were douchebaggy. Uh, In fact, I don't think douchebaggy is fair to say about anyone, but I think that they were. I didn't find them troubling. I found at them all. horrendous. Like, Not like uncomfortable. Like the guy, the druggy yes. guy. He was just hard for me to even listen to. He was so awful. I didn't think of him as awful. I thought of him as um, kind of pitiful and desperate and the kind of guy who is he's meat for the grinder for this world. You yeah, exactly. I mean? And I, I didn't find him... I have no, re I didn't no have redeeming qualities him. for me. I'm not saying there were any redeeming qualities, but I didn't think they were horrible people or anything. They were just going along and, like, jumping on any, any cart yeah, that's that would why take I them. Just, I see but them they as... weren't the plotters, the planners, the deviants, the, devi the, the ones who were, like, 
No, then maybe you douchebag know? is not the right word. Maybe you're getting me wrong. I mean, the one these two characters who are just these hapless to me, like they just do anything for a book. Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't mean spirited, no, or yeah, anything. but they will be if they have to be. Um, yeah, pretty mean spirited when he's talking about women in the truck. The the one the stories that that he's got. He's pretty misogynistic. He's pretty. Um, I think you're reading more into that. I think he's just... <laughs> nicking people's dogs. And if anyone is going... Yeah, but that's that's not despicable-like to me. In terms of... Uh, we're talking about a hierarchy of criminal activity and violence. They didn't want to be violent. They didn't want to hurt people. They just wanted to get on with their lives. I just see them as, like, nobodies who uh, get involved in something bigger than them, right? So, you're introduced to these two for about 30 minutes, which isn't really done much. Like... We're in a day and age where where sometimes a character introduction is Jake, and then they put his name on the screen and show you him like knocking over a cash register, and that's it for the character development on Jake, right? What movies are we talking about? I'm talking about like the ADD style, you know. Let's. Um, I mean, what movies? Um, well, this isn't a bad movie, but Lock, mm-hmm. Stock, and Smoking Barrels is a movie where they introduce the characters by going. Here's the guy in the kitchen. He's a chef. Chef. Here's the guy. Right, you know. but that's a stylistic thing. Right, but there's a lot of movies like that. Um, you mean where you have an ensemble and everybody needs a personality and you want to introduce right, them quickly? Right, and it's very basic. Like, So this movie, it's not. They spend 30 minutes introducing you to these two dudes and you get all of them. That part of love, right? Mm-hmm. And then it moves on to the thing itself. And it's explained in a voiceover and it's really easy to understand, um, I thought. But it reminds me of a 70s movie in just that way. Like, nobody takes that long to get to the point. Not nobody. That's well, not fair. Some people do, but it's really rare. Your friend, Paul Thomas Anderson's a good slow person. Yeah, it's pretty rare that people do that. They, um, you know, cut to the chase. Like, let's get to the robbery. The robbery. Um, with this director guy, we've seen Jesse James. The assassination of Jesse James by the... Uh, whatever. What Coward is Robert the Ford. Ford. Another one that's... Slow, same director with the slow, yeah. So this well, takes its there. time to do that, and then by the time Brad Pitt's character is coming, turns up, you understand he's almost like the um, Grim Reaper coming. I didn't feel that. I did. Total impending doom. This guy, as soon as this guy appears, the it's not going to be good. This guy's not called in for anything good. This. It, no, but I didn't feel that. I didn't feel like it was presented a way where you're like, "Oh, here comes the bad guy." I was more like, almost because I've been introduced to these two dudes who are basically bottom of the food chain for this world. Bottom of the food chain. These are the the lackeys. These are the guys who do the shit jobs, and if they get caught, they're gonna get mur- They're gonna get killed, or they're gonna get thrown in prison, and nobody gives a shit. And then you've got the mi- mi- middle guys, and da 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 da. And once we meet him, I'm already thinking, like, right, there's always a bigger fish. And this guy might be presented to us as the menacing guy. But I'm also already thinking, like, this whole world is just, he, you know, they could all get chewed up at any time. So I didn't feel, I felt tense because of him, but I didn't feel like, dun, 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 dun. No, dun, I didn't. Dun, dun. No, I didn't feel that, but I did <laughs> feel that he was introduced with the Johnny Cash song and the just looking at the back of his heels walking down mm-hmm. the street. It was just like... Yeah, I felt the menace of yeah. him, but I didn't feel the big 
And then the other the other thing in this movie that I really liked and the thread was how I know they call it organized crime, how organized it actually is, where the hitman is talking to the hitman employee, and the the hitman employee actually has to go through a chain of command, and it's almost like he has to do paperwork before he can give the hitman get permission money for how much to, to spend and yeah. who to kill, and yeah, and it's just exactly like industry, which is one of the threads of this movie, but. I loved those conversations in the car between them two because it was almost like a business... It was a business transaction, but it was like a corporate business transaction. It was really... And, and he kept saying, and- He kept saying, well, you have to see... You have to... Yeah, I have to run it by this guy and this guy and we have to make sure. And even when it comes down to But he pay, couldn't strong-arm him. He couldn't threaten him. No. He couldn't let the driver guy of the car. He couldn't, like, get all up in his face and shit because he knows he's part. That's what I mean by... You realize, because you're introduced to everybody slowly, these little people, that everybody is part of just this meat grinder. And there's these, like, respect levels or that or different people have for each other. Like, Brad Pitt's in the car with this guy, and they just speak to, like, his business transaction. There's no threatening us. And even mm-hmm. if they do, they kind of talk around violence, don't they? They don't... Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you know, it's it's kind of... We know what we're doing, but we don't really say it out loud. It's it's really interesting, that conversation in the car, that in the middle of the movie. Um, and the other thing I really liked is the violent scenes in this movie. I don't know how he did them, but they, it, it felt even more violent. Like, there's a, the, the scene in the rain mm-hmm. where they're beating a particular dude up. It There's felt really like, only two violent things. There is. It was done like it seemed like it was like high frame rate or something. Like it, mm-hmm. it seemed really super intense all of a sudden. Like um, I don't know what he did. I it couldn't figure it out when I was clear watching. Clear and it was really yeah different to the rest of the movie. It just suddenly like took on this. It was raining first off, but it the punches and the it just seemed really ultra realistic all of a sudden. And then it the other thing was there was a car incident mm-hmm. that was done in slow motion. And that had the same feel. Those two things had the same feel. Almost Yeah. Almost like um I know he said like I don't want to I didn't want to glamorize violence or anything, but, but it those totally scenes does. were glamorizing violence. Absolutely. They were making it look cool, right? He's glamorizing everything. Right. Getting wasted on heroin or whatever he was doing, killing people, even being killed by someone. I mean I think that men, no offense, don't well, like, oh, we're not glamorizing it. I want to show, you know, that it's all about the money or it's all about the tragedy of violence. But when you take... I mean, I'm not complaining about the look of this movie. I'm just saying when you take that gunshot scene... Yeah, slow see, motion gunshot. It looks freaking like, almost like, oh my god, I want to fire a gun. And I hate guns, like, as for my own self. But it makes it look, like, really enticing and... The guy who's getting wasted, it looks like he's just having a, you know, like a fine, he's out of it all, you know what I mean? And What made me laugh was the uh, the, du- the dudes at the beginning when he gives him the sawn-off shotgun. This movie has the most sawn-off shotgun you've ever seen in your life. It's, yeah. it's actually so, so, so sawn-off, you can see the shells sticking out <laughs> yeah. the end of it. Like it's like, and when he said, "If I fire this, <laughs> everybody's gonna die." And I was thinking, like, you, it would kill you. Like it, it you know, Absolutely. there's nothing to stop that going everywhere, right? It was, and it, yeah, the most sawn-off shotgun I've ever seen. But yeah, it does kind of glamorize 
because those scenes are super cool. They're almost like John Woo, like slow motion, you know, bullet Not time. Not cool as in they're cool. But, but it makes it look like it's a good idea. You can manage you two guys with a shotgun and some masks on your head can go into this room with these huge mob money men. Just do it, man. Yeah. And then get away. And right. Which <laughs> not, that it, not that it's presented that way completely, but it makes it be like if you were sitting there and you were tooled up, you're like, yeah, man, fuck it. We can do it. I we felt very on edge on that whole scene where they go in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most on edge, I don't know if this was for you, but it was when they were leaving and I, there's a narrow... Um, yes. <laughs> alley. I kept thinking to myself, I, you could not turn your back in this alley. Like, you would have to walk backwards, first off, because anybody and can come. That, seemed, that was my only loophole that I had a problem with. Those dudes are in that room, and anybody could have. I didn't right, yes, they could, but to me. if you've been through, you would have had a gun, bouncer. Maybe you would stay it. Yeah. No, I mean, you would oh, have had a bouncer yeah. or a guard or somebody out there. Or that it's that w- underground, nobody's supposed to know it's there, I don't know. Mm. But, um, yeah, the violence is... And the the last thing I love about this movie... Well, going into the cast, it's some of the cast. So we're going to the cast. Brad Pitt plays Jackie, who is arguably the main person in the movie, but not. Because this is an ensemble, definitely. Um, but I think Brad Pitt's underrated. I don't like how people say, like, he's garbage or he's just... I'm like, going to say it. I think he's masterful. In this... Um, there are moments when I'm just... And I'm not looking at him. I'm watching him be that person. I don't know what he, how he does his thing. You know, every actor person has a process. Yeah, yeah. But I'm watching him be that person. And there are movements and, 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 and he reacts to the person, the people, like they play in off each other. Where there are a lot of people who, it's almost like, not that they're just waiting to say their lines. But there are lots of actors, even huge, famous, very quote-unquote great actors who... They're there to say their lines, and there's not a lot of, like, you know, like, connection with everybody. He absolutely, every single person he's talking to, the guy in the car, the guy in the bar, Gandolfini, it's like, I'm just mesmerized by the way he plays off every single thing they say, every movement that Gandolfini would do, he would even react, and, like, I just was, I just think he's amazing. Um... One of my fa- that when I was saying what my other favorite thing was, it was the scene between him and James Gandolfini where they're in the room. In the room, yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. Because, Even in the bar is good. Because Gandolfini's one's... kind of like opening up. Um, he's kind of a a hitman, but falling it's apart. not really gone. So yeah, apart. he's really falling apart. And the reaction of Brad Pitt of like, how can you not keep yourself together? Yeah, like, and, like I can figure this out. And you can also see a little bit of like. Okay, you're done. Yeah, it's like, like you're done, and um, um, you've you've you know so you're falling apart, and but it's all subtle. It's all like in his face and the way everything. I just like because he's super together. That's how I see him. Like he like he's got it together. He can ah, but he could also be looking at him and thinking, "You used to be me, right? So what's my future? Because you know, could be that as well." But, uh, they, yeah, the looks he was giving him and when he said some certain things, like he was being, like, rude about women and he was just like... Man, no, no. Yeah, like, what, what, what's up with you? Like, Whoa. Like, yeah. Um, 
So, uh, second on here, I'd put Scoot McNary plays Jackie. He plays one of the um, really dudes. Good. One of the two dudes who go in for the uh, hole. You know what else he was in recently? What? Argo. He was the guy with the big yes, glasses he was, and yeah. the white. Yeah, he was, yeah. Totally uh, I different. I seen him somewhere, yeah. So different. Yeah. Because I was looking at him thinking, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen this guy. And then I was looking up the people and I was like, that's him. And he, you know, him and Ben Mendelsohn, who plays Russell, the, 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 the two dudes from the beginning, I don't know them so well so that kind of gave, gave it more of a yeah thing for me like oh these two guys like um, look at uh, the Mendelssohn guy yeah I know he's a real hunky kind of completely and different and he looks completely that part, I was even thinking this guy is fucking awesome I mean he was actually Mess, like he's one sweaty, of my favorite weird, the like, sweatiness and I mean he's Australian yeah but I was thinking like he particularly in the totally wasted scene and just his every single thing that he did. But he's so unglamorous. I felt like he could be the guy. The director's driving around and finds this druggy guy on the side of the road and that's him. He was so convincing. Um, Then uh, Sam Shepard plays Dylan. For like 10 seconds. Yeah, but wanted to get on to James Gandolfini. I I love James Gandolfini. I thought... um, And I don't. Welcome to the Rileys that we saw recently. Well, not recently, last year. I thought it was an excellent performance by him. It was good. Um, this one... Oh, he's amazing in yeah, this one. And I'm not a fan of his at all. It's so layered, his performance. like Because there's so much going on in this guy. With this guy. Yep. He's on probation. He's... He's an asshole. He's doing... He'll do the job for you. But he's... He's, he's, he's a complete a, asshole. Yeah. He's an alcoholic. He's a sex But addict. he's unaware. Yeah, he the, doesn't really... Yeah. But he just puts it all out there. Yet, it's almost like he, that's just fine. Like This is just what I do. When he's talking about women yeah, to Brad Pitt, and Brad Pitt's got this kind of... this is See, he's deplorable to me. He's, yeah, he is. Compared to the two hapless dudes, there's nothing also, no, evil I, about that. Also, them. like, deplorable, the James Gandolfini character, but I also, like, really felt sorry for him. Like he no. Think about all the horrible things he must have yeah, done. Yeah, I also think that. Then I don't but then I for then I was like, this guy's completely like. Think it. about how he just talked to that woman. Yeah, but this guy, the act of being a hitman, has done this to him because he kept you know when he said like you know you must see some. It must be some horrible things that you've. Brad Pitt says it to him. Like, it's bad all the stuff you're having to go through. Right. I know Brad Pitt goes through all this horrible stuff, killing people probably every week. I think he wasn't talking about that. He was talking about the legal stuff. Probation and the divorce part. That's right. what he was talking and about. I thought he was talking about everything. No, he was just talking about... And Brad Pitt doesn't like emotions. So everything... And that's, part of the, that's yeah. where the killing them softly tagline comes in. He doesn't really want to deal with close-up killing. And in fact, someone... And you can tell, even if someone is just... Someone he might have admired is... Being emotional. He's just... He keeps his head kind of cocked back and like a... See, that's the part that might affect him and he doesn't want to be affected by it, right? Like like Gandolfini maybe got too close to something or... That's how I see it. Like, if you keep your distance, then that job of being a hitman is a lot easier, right? You don't really want... And when you say it gets messy, because they start crying and they uh, whimper. Big for their lives and blah, yeah. Um, but yeah, James Gandolfini, fantastic in it. Welcome to the Rileys, I thought he was fantastic in it too. And I love him in The Sopranos. But I think he's... Yes, he always plays the heavy kind of... Um, I don't mean heavy, but this heavy. Is, I mean this heavy. is Tony Soprano at the end. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? This is Tony Soprano. I know it shouldn't be, but it is. That's why I was thinking I couldn't help it because he's the same heavy breathing, slovenly, assholey guy. But he's added to that. What if Tony Soprano does get caught and does go the the character of that type, not Tony Soprano specifically, but the the guy who's been a hitman, a mob guy, a mob boss, a criminal his whole life, and all of a sudden he starts getting going to jail. He's on probation. He is a drunk. His wife doesn't love him anymore. Has another man. You know, then what? Is he still, I'm Tony Soprano? Or does he just fall, it just melt into a pile The guy of he plays in True Romance is a flawed <laughs> ca- uh, hitman too. Like, who's... Like, and one of my recommendations as well. The Mexican. Right, but in True Romance, that guy he plays in there is also like... Um, like a younger version of like like he's this guy, Tony Soprano. In no, the early I'm thinking years. of this uh, hitman because he he's like a struggling hitman slash bodyguard dude. Um, but this is like the end of that guy, <laughs> like like you say, like before he well, that's the end of Soprano him. guy more. Um, then uh, Ray Liotta plays Marky. Um, Ray Liotta. Um, I like you him like a lot. He's like this, though. Yeah, he's really... Sometimes he's great, sometimes yeah, he's... I mean, Goodfellas, shit. he's... he's Yeah, he's played mob-type roles before, and Goodfellas, to me, is, is so fantastic, I can't even say, but... Um, Revolver, Guy Ritchie's Revolver, mo- most people probably never saw that. Ray Liotta in that, is fantastic. That was really good, yeah, I forgot that about movie. that one. Yeah, and that's one of those... That's really good. Yeah, and he's amazing in that movie. Yeah, that was... You should have recommended that one to people. I bet you not many people have That's seen. That's the one with a little bit of the. Yeah. Not sure. And yeah. Yeah, he's really Statham's good. Statham's in it, I believe, and that one is really good. It's got a. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> you should see it. It I is mean, the re- the revolver. Just call revolver. Bye. Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie's revolver. Not Guy Ritchie's revolver. Just revolver. I mean, Guy Ritchie. If you're looking up, if you can remember one of those things, I think it's one Guy of the Ritchie. Guy Ritchie movies that people didn't see. Yeah. I don't think it was because of the. <laughs> I don't think it was successful. I think, yeah, people said, yeah. oh, that's a bit weird, and didn't Absolutely. See it. Uh, but no, it, the performance by Ray Liotta in that, and I like Ray Liotta in this as well. The He has to really submit to those dudes. Oh, yeah. It's a real tough scene, that, I think. Like, because it's not, you're not the hero. <laughs> and, I mean, he's still, and also he has parts where he does a, the perfect job of negotiating either... With the gunman guy. Or, you know, just the little tiny bits we see of him. He does it, he, you know, he you get a full character. Even though you don't get long, you don't well, get any monologue. My favorite part is where... You don't the, even get any conversations with him, hardly. When the gunman guys come in to the room and... He's like, do you... Ray Liotta's <laughs> not there. Yeah. And then he, he comes in through the door. What he's almost like... What he oh, says, God. and he doesn't say anything, from coming through the door and closing the door behind him. What he says on his face is like everything. Yep, like oh, because you know the situation, and you know that, and then you know he knows. It's the, the worst situation for him to ever be in. But he can't lose his shit, and right. he can't show it. He has to. But stay he, but he tells calm. the story, just just saying nothing, like because he, he's, he's just the look on his face. It's the look and of. And he's like, "Do you know what you're doing?" Or, <laughs> that's what he says to them, like physically, like says out loud. Do you? Yeah. Know what you're doing. And also, if this doesn't go right... Right. 
we're all fucked. Like this is the this is a bad situation. Like, it's like all... he's accepted his fate in that yeah. moment and just see how it tries goes. to talk about it. Tries yeah. to you know, but I think he was really good. Yeah. And also, that's the second person that I'm not a huge fan of. But this movie, what whatever this director pulls out of people or gives people, I just think sometimes directors just they do the. You know, they just pull it I out. I think of Guy people. Ritchie did that to Ray Liotta as well. I think that is masterful, that revolver performance. It especially really when he's good. in his dressing gown wandering around. Yes. <laughs> There's a particular scene where he's in his yep. dressing gown. And he's, and he's doing this it speech. It is Jason, Sath- Jason Statham as the main character. Yeah. And yeah. he's doing this speech in and his dressing gown. A- yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. It's, and, and it's just like really poignant at the time as and well. And menacing at the same time. And last, I put down Richard Jenkins as driver, who we saw recently in um, House <laughs> Cabin, on, <laughs> Cabin yeah. in the Woods. Yeah, he's one of those people that we said it then. He could be to me. He's a anonymous famous. I know mm-hmm. his name now, but he's the guy who plays the roles, and he's fantastic. I mean, he's excellent. Yeah, he's a character actor who you he often gets put in the same type of character. Yeah, a bit of a. Aging middle, but he really fits, right? So, and he does each one with a little bit different, like this one, the one moment when Brad Pitt says something, and then he's just sitting there, and he's sitting really silent, you know. And then you're always feeling that tension, like Brad Pitt might just pull out a gun or what, not, not because he gives off that vibe, but you don't know in this situation. And he's sitting there for a second. Oh, ah, yeah, I get what you're saying. And he's like, he's in it just as deep. I feel like as, you know, I'm not there, so I don't know how they really think, but he's just better and better every one of these. I wouldn't say it's a small role either, because it's pivotal to us understanding the hierarchy of this world. Yeah. He, he's the link between all the sort of dirty little boys on the bottom and the big guys in the suits and the skyscrapers at the top. You know, that's the way I think of him. And like, like the middleman. Like Brad Pitt needs to consult him because there's no reason for Brad Pitt to kill anybody if there's no money coming through right? correct he so, is the money man if the money's been authorized then i do the job like it's there's no point otherwise like that's the whole food chain right the correct food chain but of, i think he does his name is richard jenkins yeah and, and yes you feel like you've seen him forever and you have because yeah. he's been in numerous tv shows numerous movies just and pop. he doesn't the thing about him is he doesn't they don't change his appearance. He's nope. got a you know a hairline that's receding. He's aging just as he is. He's always got his glasses on and usually a suit and a tie, just like in Cabin in the Woods. He's got his shirt and his sort of IT professional-looking outfit yeah. on. And yet, in that one, he had a little more action stuff to do. Yeah, because it was kind of goofy, his character. I just think I want to be... I want to look up... Has he ever... Fe- I think he was featured in a couple movies, I noticed. Maybe, like, independent movies. I think he's somebody to seek out and just, you go, ooh, that guy. You've yeah. seen him. Yeah. If if you watch movies of any kind, you've seen this guy somewhere. Like, if not everywhere. Absolutely. Like you could always... Um... So this is, um, yeah, you've seen him in Cabin in the Woods recently, that's for sure. I'm trying to th- think what I've seen him in recently. Step Brothers. Yeah. Definitely. The Broken, The Visitor, The Kingdom, I don't know those. That's what I'm saying. So he's been in... Oh, he was in Six Foot Under in the whole series. Yep, he was. In, Nathaniel he Fisher. was in Six Feet Under. Yeah. Right. So it's that guy. If you watch Six Feet Under, whoever that guy was. Yep. Um, he's been, well, as you, we're just looking at a list here. I know it's boring for you listeners, but um, the, that list looks to be at least 100 movies long, if not more. Starting back in 1974. 115 so titles, right? He has been doing a lot of stuff. 
awesome. So this movie is directed by Andrew Dominic, who also directed The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Longest title ever? Don't think it is, but... Um, no, probably not. Um, but it's pretty long. I, um, which is an amazing film, nominated for Oscars, um, also starring Brad Pitt. Um, this is And Casey. This is very different Affleck. to that movie. Uh, different... Apart from... I don't know if the director of photography was the same, but there was some good, interesting photography in this. Beautiful. Um, Yeah, there was a lot of, like... Super close-up of the guy on Smack, like, trying to talk. A lot of, like, where they blur the edges of the frame. Um, I don't know what that... That was only the specific thing when the guy on... No, not just that. There was when... um, When he was getting beat up. Brad Pitt was walking um, down at the side of the car. And there was wet on the car. They'd blurred, like, the side of it out. And Assassination of uh, Jesse James, he filmed a lot of it through a pane of glass. That was... I watched the extras on that. And he put a pane of glass in front of the camera. Um, not, not like, a, to obscure it, but to give it, like, a odd feel. And it wasn't a pane of glass that, like, stops you from seeing anything. It, it just makes it look different. And I feel like they did that here because there was definitely some scenes where I was like, wow, that just looks... There's something dreamy about that where it doesn't seem like... That was only on the scenes where there should be something dreamy. No, there was lots of scenes where it was clear... The the scene with Brad Pitt with the shotgun where he walked to... That was done in... That was defocused in some way. I don't know if it was just... I don't know if it was like... Because Brad Pitt like likes to keep his distance from stuff or something. It was just trying to do something there to make... Even when he shoots that guy, he keeps his distance, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they were using a lot of techniques that I'd not seen before. Obviously, that the violent scenes were done in this very stylistic way. Um, but I liked the way it looked. It was a real interesting, like, grimy... It wasn't super I don't sharp. I have never seen it before, though. Who? I don't know if you've never seen it before. Because you've said it looks like it was in high speed or you know, like super high def. We have seen it before. No, It's I'm, not like new things. I'm saying there's techniques used throughout this. It wasn't always one technique. Yeah. Some of the scenes were like soft. They didn't look as sharp. Like that was where I was like, oh, this feels like a 70s movie. It's like, um, it's not like, it doesn't look like a movie from today. It's not like super sharp. Like when? Um, the beginning. Particularly where they where they um, were in the car driving towards the thing, what they were going to do, where they were putting the masks on and stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know. You'd like defocus the edges of the film. That's what it looked like to me. I don't. It looked like it was done after the fact, maybe, or maybe you used the pane of glass thing. But if you're going back and watch Jesse James, the filming through a pane of glass is quite obvious in that movie because you get that uh, coloured rainbow effect in the corner of the screen. And you get it quite a lot. In this movie, it's not like that. It just seems like something was done. Unfortunately, the extras of this movie don't go into enough detail to um, tell you. Zero detail, in fact. So, um, Blu-ray extras here. Um, Do you like... The the cover to Killing Them Softly is Brad Pitt with a gun and big words. You don't like that? No. I kind of do, but it doesn't really... Do justice to the movie. No, it doesn't really. I don't know how you would... I don't know what kind of... A cracked piece of glass with a bullet hole in it. Is that not a bit... I'm just saying. 
It'd be more interesting what about this? visually. No. No. Um, <laughs> which is, on the back, there's a gun with a dollar sign coming out in blood. Um, okay, so the extras on this Blu-ray are the making of Killing Them Softly. It lasts for precisely five minutes and tells you a little bit, but hardly enough. Yeah. There's no commentary, unfortunately, which I would have definitely listened to a commentary on this. And there are some deleted scenes that are more extended scenes, I would say. Yeah. There's nothing new, really, where you go, wow, that that would be good. No. So that's it. Those two things. So in terms of anything supplementary to this movie, there's nothing, really. Because you could see that you could probably see that uh, five minute. It has a promo thing on the page, so I'm assuming that's what that is. This here looks like that's what it is. Right. Yeah. So you could probably see that on the internet, the five minute thing. Um, I like the sound design. When you when you walk down that thin corridor and it was raining, the The rain to the side of you, and then like behind you, and then like when they walked inside, it just disappeared. Like the like it just went like it does. Yeah. I really like stuff like that. And it had a certain... Yeah, it did. Uh, and the car crash bit mm-hmm. had some really odd, like, breaking glass sounds around you. You wouldn't think a movie like this would have, like, an interesting uh, sound design because it's mainly, like, talking, right, this movie. But, yeah, there is some interesting stuff there where they played with it because rain is kind of like a a thing in this movie. There's rain. It's rainy. It's kind of dirty. Just three times. Yeah, well, three t- the three main action sequences take place in the rain, right? Hmm. They do. Um, so, in conclusion for this movie. Is that a question? Yes. In conclusion for this movie? Is? What do you, what's your conclusion? Well, I think, I think it's obvious. I really liked it. And I really liked it, um... Some people I know will complain about, say, sure. it's slow, it's, it's doesn't slow, go anywhere. It's boring, but the thing is... It's a character piece, first off. It'll um, give, give you lots of time to dig around with your technologies. Yeah, it's a character <laughs> piece. It's, a, it's a, actually, I compare to like something like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, like The Master, where it's dealing with people and what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. It's not about like shooting people in the face over and over again, even though that does occur, kind of. <laughs> It's more about what makes these people tick and what's going on behind the scenes of these, of, you know, we've all seen shootouts and stuff. Forget the shootout part. What? Why is they... guy number three at the shootout? Right. What was happening to him 20 minutes before? Who was the lady he had sex with yesterday? Is yeah, he on crack? Is he poor? Did, you know, we have a story of a young man in this movie who's just got out of jail He's got no money. He's got no car. They want him to get a job, but the job is too far away for him to go without a car. And they say, well, buy a car. And he's like, I don't have money. We'll get a job. Well, I can't get a job because I don't have a car. So I'll steal a car. Well, what am I... Yeah, he's like, what am I... <laughs> I get, maybe I should go back to jail because I don't... I can't fend for myself. So that's his motivation. And he's one of the more... I wouldn't say harmless, but I mean... He truly doesn't want... He's not the guy who goes around shooting everybody in the face and he doesn't want to beat up anybody... It's like he's just, he knows what he knows, and he just wants to get by. Then you've got the other end, or maybe the maybe him 20 years later, the jaded guys who will just do anything for money or whatever. But you, this makes you look at those guys, like, who are the two masked guys who go in to rob somebody? 
and what's the motivation and yeah. you get all that in this movie yeah. you understand why they're there it's not just oh here's some guys they're gonna hold a bank up it's not that it's- yeah it's not that their every minute of their life is consumed with committing a crime it's just that sometimes the crime is a means to an end it doesn't justify it. I'm just saying it gives you a little bit, explores that a, a lot, actually. So if you like a good character study type movie, I think this is this is one to have a look at. Um, thanks to Anchor Bay for providing this for us to review. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Lincoln, Steven Spielberg movie. Um, My mother went to see it once. Then she liked it so much she convinced someone to go with her to a different theater to see it. She still likes it so much she wants to... Purchase it. On, she wants to purchase it oh. digitally so she can watch it over and over. Right. <laughs> so there you go, Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. Daniel Day-Lewis, there you go. You've got a I was going to say, I think it's a three-hour movie, so that's pretty... She just loves it. Um, so yeah, we'll review Lincoln next week. But we definitely need to get her Life of Pi. So the movie game, Movie Year. Movie Year is the name of the game. Not the new movie game. Movie, movie Year. Year, yes. Now, when you say it, I know with your lovely accent, it sounds a little bit like you're saying movier. Like, hey, he's a good movier. <laughs> but you're saying movie, 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 year, which means you say a movie, I say a movie, we decide if we know what year the movie was made in. Crap, I forgot mine. What's All yours? Right. <laughs> All right, here comes mine. I don't and even it's know my own. <laughs> it's on the, um, on the tip of this movie, really. Because... It, this movie has Brad Pitt in it, and it's also a crime thriller. It's called Snatch. When was that released? It was Guy Ritchie as well, actually. Mm-hmm. 2001. Very close. 2000. Uh, it's always uh, one year wrong. <laughs> okay, don't look. Oh. Don't look at my lip. Oh, I forgot which one I was doing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a movie that you... Remember, mine have nothing to do with the weekly movie. They're just alphabetically ordered. I've picked them all already for the whole year. Right. However long we do it. Bad Santa. Bad Santa. Okay. Is that your final answer? (laughs) Bad Santa with... 2003. What's his face? 2003. Let's tell people what it is. It's uh, Billy Bob Thornton Thornton. as uh, a bad Santa. Very bad. Alcoholic. (laughs) Sex maniac, yeah. criminal. Two thousand and three. Why do you say two thousand three? It's just where I think it landed in the whole. What does my face tell you? I'm right. Yes. <laughs> Pretty good. I, I was. I just think like, when did I see that? Was it before this? Was it before that? It, it was after. Like it was it. after this, but before that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I win, you lose. Correct. Uh, I can accept it. One week in a row. So movie recommendations this week. I am going with, on my Brad Pitt tip, Snatch. Because um, it's like an unofficial sequel to Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrels. If you like that movie, and you like that style of movie, the British gangster caper. And Brad Pitt plays this pikey, like a... uh, That's not a bad name. Yeah, but he's, I think he even they even called him pikey. I know, but I'm saying that's not... It's inappropriate, but that's what they call him. Gypsy. Like, he's a... Irish Gypsy, which they call a pikey in London. He plays this, and you, he, he does the accent so well, you have no idea what he's saying the entire time. And that's part of the joke. Except for of Periwinkle Blue. That's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the part of the joke of him. Periwinkle Blue? You, you don't or he says it. So yeah, Snatch, um, another violent uh, movie. And my other one, and I don't know why I like this movie, I really do love this movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, 
don't know why I like it. It's like super cheeky. It's like a romantic kind of spy caper thing. But I just like it. I just really like the idea of it. Like a couple who are both in the same line of business, which in this thing is a hit hitman. Again. And uh, how it affects their relationship because... It's and it's, it's you should see it. it. I mean, it's funny, yet action-packed. It's kind of like Night and Day, but I like it better than Night and Day. Night and Day is like super cheeky to me. That's Tom Cruise and yeah. Cameron Diaz, and I like that just for the fact that it's fun, right? But it's you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I think it's not quite as gritty Night and Day as Mr. No, and Mrs. Smith get kind of gritty with the fight and shit. You know, that gets kind of hardcore where you go, "Oh, am I supposed to be enjoying this?" But mine are also on the Brad Pitt tip. Uh, the Mexican, which also has Gandolfini and Pitt uh-huh. and guns and hitmen, but it's really good, and uh, it's really good. Not, but it's really good. Burn after reading. Yes. Which also features a little tiny bit of Brad Pitt, but he's awesome, unlike anything you've ever seen him do. And it's it's one of those movies you watch, you're just like, I love movies so much. That's what I think when I think about it. Yeah, and I just think, I just love movies. It can They can do anything to your brain in that moment, and your perception of things, and the story, and I just love that one. And Twelve Monkeys. Because, at a very, in a very brief moment in this movie, I got a glimpse of the Twelve Monkeys guy explaining, it's all a corporation, it's all a thing, they've, they've brainwashed you, you know, they've, you know, and he's trying to explain in Twelve Monkeys where, like, we're all being, like, you know, germs, germs, they're, they're not real, they're not, so, I can tell you that they're real. They're so what real. would be your favorite Brad Pitt movie if you had to say one? Oh, Because mine is Seven, which I think is fantastic. It's like a masterpiece. I don't even know. I can't. I couldn't pick one. I honestly don't think I could pick one. And it's really close without to me. being sentimental, because I know that this one isn't the best one of all. But for some reason, Interview with the Vampire at the time that I saw it and then I read it, I kind of fell in love with the concept of it, and I might idealize it more than what it was. But I really dug it. I know it's not the best one. I've never seen Legends of the Fall. Um, what was the one with the fly fishing? That one was amazing. A River Runs Through It. That one he was really good in. He was really young. Thelma and Louise. I don't even remember him in that one. He's not in it that much, but mm-hmm. he's in it. Um, I really like uh, Fight Club as well. Fight Fight Club and Seven are my um, go-to. Know, Brad when Pitt you think movies. about him in, you know, you mean the whole movie, not just him in the movie, right? I don't know. I'd have to think. about I can it. rewatch those two, like. They're really high quality for me. Like, I can revisit them. They stand up. What's in the box? Come on, what's in the box? And they stand up. You know what I mean? They're just both David Fincher. That's how he said it exactly. What's in the box? With the gun tapping on his own head. What's in the box? So that's our recommendations for this week. Games and Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing a game called Bioshock Infinite this week. And I finished it. And you actually saw the big. Be- <laughs> you didn't see the whole game, but you saw the beginning, mm-hmm. a, a bit, bit in the middle, and the end. Right? I don't want to spoil this game because no. I think you should go and play it, really. I think that should be your whole review, actually. That's not my whole review. My whole review is everybody's been like full of hyperbole for this game this week. Um, this is the best game ever. This is. The most immersive experience I've ever had. Ever had. <laughs> um. I disagree because I think it has some problems, but overall it's a fantastic game. The problems I think it has, 
And they're actually gameplay parts. Um, you mean design? Design of the game. Uh, they have you repeat certain areas. Like, it's called backtracking in games. Like, Halo was accused of doing it. Because it's like, the game's not long enough, so let's have them walk. But you don't know that. You're just... No, that's what it you're feels presuming like. that. It feels like that when you're playing it. Because the portions of the game where you're not actually accomplishing anything. You're not accomplishing anything for... There's two periods in the game where for three hours the mo- the the story is not moving at all. You're okay. just it's combat. Now I understand it's a game and the combat is partially the game, but with a with a like a story focused thing like Bioshock is that actually interestingly enough the first hour and a half you don't shoot anybody. It's let's immerse you into this world. Let's tell you the story like let's be intelligent about this let's not have you shooting things immediately because we need to introduce you to this thing and they do it so well and it's really interesting and you're like wow this place is amazing I love exploring here and then they introduce the shooting parts and then it's like well we've got the shooting parts we need you to do it for a prolonged period of time because isn't that the fun part that's how it feels like to me Right now it's not actually the fun part Yes, it's fun to shoot some things and use the magic spells and things like that, but I like experiencing the story more than I do the actual physical game in Bioshock. And I always have. Because the shooting and the stuff, what you do, is really mediocre to me. Like, it's... The story's better than the game. So in this one, they just kind of, like, repeat... There's There's two sections where you can feel... Really, I would stop, prefer to stop shooting now and can we move the story on? And they don't. They just have you traipse around shooting things. But aren't you in the minority of people who prefer story over... I've not heard anybody say this. Gratuitous shooting. I've not heard anybody... I like shooting stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I like that. But it's not Call of Duty, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The shooting's not quite as uh, specific as that. It's a bit like... It's very... In Bioshock, you're pretty powerful. So you can throw something and stuff dies. It's like, it's pretty simple, the combat. It's not particularly difficult either. So it becomes kind of a chore doing it over and over and over. I like a little bit of it and then some story and a little bit of it and then some story. But they choose not to do that in this game. They make you do big prolonged sections of shooting. Aside from that, the story, the game, the art design... Also, you chose medium, hardness. So what if it was harder? I bet there would be more shooting. I think there would be more shooting and longer shooting because stuff takes longer to die, right? Yeah. It's got more health. So if you picked easy, maybe there would have been less of those. Those sections might have been Maybe they would have flew by a bit faster. The game's about 15 hours long, which is quite long for a shooting-style game. But it kind of gets away with it because the story's so interesting. Um... I don't want to spoil any of the story. I'll just say if you're a Bioshock fan and you were soured by Bioshock 2, I see a lot of people say, well, I played Bioshock, it was fantastic, then I played Bioshock 2, and I don't think I'll ever play Bioshock again because Bioshock 2 just didn't capture what it was about. This captures what Bioshock is about, in my opinion, even more so than the first one. Um, Because they expand upon the idea. It's not called Infinite. They (laughs) expand on the idea completely. It's a more interesting... To me, the art design of a city of this type is better. It just looks... It's, it's magnificent to look at. 
the idea, the controversial idea that I've mentioned this week that I'm not going to spoil, but there's, the storyline's controversial um, in a way that will rub some people the wrong way, I think. But it's also like putting a magnifying glass on mm-hmm. people and society as a whole. And what we've done in the past and what we choose to gloss over. Um, yeah, we do. We, I mean, yeah. simp- si- this nation of America did some horrendous things in the past that are very glossed over in modern day, right? We don't kind of refer to it. Right. As you know. Um, and this deals with that and puts a magnifying glass on society in general, um, which might challenge some people and some people might be like, oh, and it's a bit too... But I like that. I just like the fact that they did that. And I don't think the the term mind-blowing is out of place in this game. Because when I sat back after the credits had rolled and just thought about it a little bit, what just occurred, I don't think I've experienced that in a game before. That kind of revelation and... You know what I mean? I've mm-hmm. experienced it in movies, and you have too. Sure. And we, we can name the specific movies, but we won't. No. But I just experienced that in this game. I don't think that's happened to me before. Games are pretty... Not sh- even like Portal or, you know... The end of Portal had a... The end of Portal 2. Um, when yeah. a, a certain thing happens. My mouth kind of... <laughs> I was exactly. like... Oh my god, like this just... This was this, and now it's that. Right. Yeah, I'd say Portal was the closest. There's there's nothing. There's not a lot more though, is there? Really, where it's that flower, that one had that weird. You know, yeah, that but weird it wasn't not like that. no, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like where like oh, you just really changed how I think right about everything to do with this. So yeah, before I say anything, <laughs> go and play Bioshock. It you know it's a trip. It's a triple A game that you should play if you've got any. Interest in a good story, you know, and will you be playing it again with Austin? Yeah, let like him, let him play through it. Yeah, and, and me just watch it at that yeah, time and, and gather up stuff and not say anything. But no, no, you'll say stuff you always do. No, I never say. I never tell uh, if somebody's if I've played a game and then I say to somebody else played this game. I never tell them story details or anything that I know. I just sit there and go. That isn't and, true. Because I've listened, and you, I can tell when he's struggling, you go, well, I will tell you. In this part, you do the da-da-da. Right, and but I'm not going like, to tell ah. plot details. Right. Like, I'm not going to go, oh, you know what, like, this is this. <laughs> this is this. Because <laughs> this this. that, this is I'd this. like to this see is. somebody's reaction too. Like, like Portal 2, I played Portal 2, and then I said to my nephew, you play Portal 2. I kept my mouth shut the entire game. He played it. And I wanted to see if he had the same reaction to the end part right. as I did. And he didn't. He doesn't react that <laughs> no. much, does he? <laughs> he may, he might have had that. He's, but he, he's a teenager. He doesn't show. It. So might, that's like, kinda... like I, I'm always like amazed by things, you know. And I will show. I'll say. Mm-hmm. I will instantly say, "Oh my god, that that is." So yeah, uh, Bioshock Infinite, a must play. One of the, um, you know, yes, yes, it has some flaws, but on the whole, it feels like an amazing game. That and Tomb Raider this year. It's been a good year so far. We only, you know, it's only just started, really. Um, also, I've been playing some of Battlefield Three this week, and you might say, "Oh, Battlefield Three—that's a year-old game." Well, Origin—I've got it on sale for twelve dollars. 
So you can buy Battlefield 3 for $12 right now, and it's a $60 game. And it's not like EA to drop the price of games that much. No. Uh, I bought it through Origin. We've been playing it on PC. Um, it plays really well. It's uh, really good graphically. It's got a campaign, which I've already played through on the 360 last year. But um, I've been playing the multiplayer, and it's really fun. Um, for $12, if you're a shooter fan, you can't go wrong. $12. Um, I also played one more game, Joe Danger 2, the movie. You saw me playing this this week. For about five minutes. It's like a... Um, it's free for PlayStation Plus owners. Um, so it's your free game for this month. Um, you own PlayStation Plus? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> so it's a free game, and it's like you're a stuntman. It's cartoony. It's kind of a... Um, that's about it, really. Arcade kind yeah. of game. Beat somebody's time. Jump over stuff. It's not like um, it's not particularly good for me. But you guys laughed a lot. Yeah, but I lost interest fairly quickly. Right. If I'd have pe- paid money for that fifteen dollars, I think I would have felt a bit gypped by it. But seeing as it's free, and I'm just give it a go. I don't think I'll go back to it again. If you know what I'm saying. But it was fun for an hour. So yeah, that's my glory. Would you play it on your PSP? I mean, on your. Yeah, you know what? It's the kind of game if it was on my Vita, Vita. which it isn't, I I probably would play more because it's the kind of quick, mm-hmm. let's have a go on this and then... I thought most games that were on there were... No, not most. Just ones that are... Joe Danger 2 made quite some time ago. It's like mm. it's a fairly oldish game. Well, late. It was made last year. But it was before Vita was even a thing. They have to make the game. Late so, last year, Vita had been around already. No, not late last year, early last year. Hmm. Could have even been the year before, actually. Um, and finally, I wanted to recommend two TV shows, uh, British TV shows, Doctor Who, uh, starts today um, for its... 50th. No, this isn't that. This is the second half of the season we're already watching mm-hmm. that took... A, they do this... Taken after all these American shows where they take a break in the middle now. It's this thing that's been happening. How about if we got that from British shows? Well, we've never done it. Doctor Who is the only thing that does this. And I believe it's because BBC America operate that way and that's how they wanted to do it. But they've took a break in the middle of the season. Like The Walking Dead does. And Breaking Bad and Mad Men. All of them do it. Um, and this is the second half of the season so we've got eight new episodes um, and then the 50th anniversary will be in November um, but yeah new season starts today it's on BBC America you mean the rest of the season yeah they're calling it the new season but I don't, it's not really is it well then it is why wouldn't it be it's actually well no it's it's not a new number it's episode nine of season six or whatever it is seven but anyway, it is a new season in a way because it's a new companion now, starting today, right? We had a Christmas special mm-hmm. with a new companion, but this will be the official right. first adventure with the new companion. So yeah, it kind of is. Uh, and the other one I wanted to mention is The Syndicate, which is a show that I've mentioned before because it's been on before, a different season. This is season two of The Syndicate. It's on BBC One on Tuesday nights. It's on for five weeks. It's a drama about some people who win the lottery. Yeah, Syndicate doesn't mean the same thing to us as it does to you, so I have to explain to American people. Right, but the American version is going to be called the Syndicate USA. Right, but they'll explain it, but people won't know what that means. In this, the Syndicate isn't 
organized crime. That's what we think of as the syndicate. Right. The syndicate is five or six people in a workplace or a group of friends who all pool their money and buy a lottery ticket every week. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what they call, I'm in a syndicate. You're in a syndicate. This is our syndicate. Right. So that's so what generally what it is. And it so is, if you say the syndicate to somebody, they'll think Sopranos. Right. So, so yeah, the five, five people are in a syndicate. They put in a pound a week to be in the lottery. And they, in this particular one, there's already been the syndicate series one, which was um, they were all in a convenience store. Mm-hmm. They were mem- This one, they're in a hospital. Grocery store it was. Right, grocery store. This one, it's a hospital crew who... Um, they win the lottery, and this time they win £72 million, which is a lot of money. And what the series does is, over the five episodes, each episode is dedicated to one of the characters. And the story of them, let's just say, when people win a lot of money, it's not always happy ever mm. after. And that's what this focuses on, how people are... Flawed. How people change, you know, I like this one this week. With How the, the individual might change who wins the money and people around them change. Their attitude towards you may change, which in this one, I really liked this week's one with the dude. Mm-hmm, me too. And his father. and Yeah. But anyway, it's um, the Syndicate UK. Um, it's on BBC One. Uh, and I said to you while we were watching the Syndicate, and this I didn't, I had no knowledge of this. I said to you, I really like this show. I wonder why, like, the USA... You know, there isn't a USA equivalent of it. Because it's a really interesting topic. And then I went and looked it up. And uh, just recently, the creator of the UK Syndicate has been contacted by Mr. Steven Spielberg, who really loves the show and wants to make an American version. So Steven Spielberg's production company is making an American version. And the lady who wrote the UK Syndicate is now in America filming a pilot for it. So it could... You know, be a thing here. It would be very different an American version, I think, because it's very British. Same as Shameless. The difference between... We've never watched the British Shameless, but the American Shameless we've really liked. Yeah. But I think it would come across different. I think even though the Syndicate UK is about people winning a lot of money, it's not particularly a high-budget show. It's not like, Hmm. let's have Ferraris, let everybody... Well, that's not true. I mean, yes, there is some of that. Yeah. But it's, it's... Kind of kept centered and grounded, right? It's not like let's go. I believe in like an American one. There would at least be one character who goes off the wall and like spends. So lots does this of one? Them. Remember the brother in the last one was the one they bought a yeah, mansion. Yeah, but it, even so, it was not. It didn't feel Americanized. Housewives of Beverly Hills or whatever to me. Yeah, like that's that, just American. That unfortunately, the style of American yeah, that's what I mean. That the style here would be more that, like you know, like, like it would, there's no way to present a person. Super in an rich. understated way, who gives a shit about Ferraris in a bland, quiet way. You have to tell their story in a over-the-top mega But this guy, who, this week's story, him and his wife went and bought a Bentley, mm-hmm. but it still felt grounded. Like, they, they won some money, that he went and got the car of his dreams, but... I disagree. I don't think it felt grounded at all. It felt fantasy big deal but that's what you do I mean if yeah if you always wanted a posh car and you suddenly could buy one and it didn't have any consequence to it why not but it wasn't like this character didn't go overboard I mean he he was more interested in 
Like even get, getting from point A to point B, so it bought right. a fancy car. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, you might see it on the US screens. It's coming to BBC America as well, like the first one was. Plus, you can um, get the original season on Blu-ray. You can buy, and the original season was really good too. Mm-hmm. And they introduced one of the characters from the original in this one in a yeah kind of cameo. Way. I thought that was kind of good though, like to tie it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't need her again. Um. So that's my stuff for this week. Sid, what's for dinner? Can you smell it? We're having some roasted vegetables. Yes. Going to make some soup, some pasta maybe, or rice. And then uh, I bought, went to a different, it was, it's not really a health food store. It's like the all organic nature's market or something like that in a different town. And they had, I always look in the frozen section to see if they have other veggie burgers and stuff. And they had hemp burgers. So we're going to have one of those. I had tofu meat on sandwiches for my dinner yesterday. Tofu meat. Tofurky meat. Yeah, sliced. I got sliced. It's really good. I had it on sandwiches last night. I didn't eat it all. Still some. (laughs) Right. And I got the Canadian bacon from St. Eve's, which is always really good. It's non-Canadian. It's no no meat because we don't eat meat. The tofurky stuff tastes like a piece of turkey. Yeah. Deli meat turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Not like a no. turkey leg. <laughs> no, like a deli meat piece so of So we're having a hemp burger, hemp and sage, which you've tried, but I haven't yet. Yeah, I liked it. And then some vegetable of some kind, and some cookies for dessert. I do think, though, that those hemp burgers would be better... Did you do it in the oven? Mm-hmm. I think they'd be better done in a pan. Okay. they go a bit crumbly. Oh, okay. They'd be better with some oil or something to make them a bit more moist. Okay. Or maybe put some oil on them before baking them. Yeah, they went pretty crumbly. Okay. But it tastes good. Because they're quite... Yeah, it tastes really good. It tastes like Seriously, sage and onion stuff. those dogs outside are driving me freaking insane. And if you can hear dogs on the podcast, we apologize because we can't get rid of them. It's so... It's incredible to me. I don't know if you can hear them. We are completely surrounded by people with... Dogs. Annoying dogs, and I don't want to take it out on the dogs. It's not their fault that someone sticks them outside and they have nothing to do except bark at the lit up people inside the sliding glass doors of these houses who are sitting there comfortable and happy and watching TV and they put their little dog outside. And for some reason, they don't notice the noise, though. Yeah, do they? Is their volume on their TV up so loud that they can't? It's so incredibly disrespectful to me. And no, I disagree with somebody who goes, Well, isn't it disrespectful that you want me to keep my dog quiet? No, because guess what? If I turn my stereo up that loud yeah, you'd phone and the blared it outside, and you're the dog person down there, you'd be pissed. You'd phone the police. Oh, well, you're invading my, my noise. But if we phone the police about the dog, nothing really... You know, they always come. She always they comes. They come, but nothing happens. The dog carries on barking one, the day after. Yeah, but they can't just take the dogs unless they're not cared for. No, I don't want them to take the dogs. I want them to Make them chastise take them the owner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that is annoying. Uh, my advice, I don't know, I'm kind of stifled today for advice, so I guess the only thing I can say is spend time with your best friends, because I just did, I went yesterday and spent time with one of my very best friends from almost my whole life, since I was in eighth grade, which is almost a long time. Is there a best, can you have a best friend, though? Because then yeah. the other friends feel offended. Well, the other friends just have to deal with it. Because... <laughs> I would never have a best friend, because... I don't care if someone says that someone else is their best friend, and I'm their, like, peripheral friend. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not trying to win anybody over. I don't need anybody to love me or like me any more than anybody else. So if someone... If these two people over here are both my friends, and they call each other best friends, but they don't refer to me that way, I don't think you could pay me to care less. I do not care. And in fact, there is a... I mean, some people throw that term around a lot. I do not. I have four. 
of my whole entire life that are my best friends. And these are people who have been my best friends. I mean, you're my husband and I love you and I can say you're my best friend. That's nice and sweet and romantic. The thing is, you don't know my whole life. You don't know all of me. I do. You don't. Because you've told me. But you don't, because I haven't. You haven't been there on those times when I'm with them and we've done things and had times that you can't explain to anyone except the people who... And I don't have there. anybody like that. I've never... I don't know if men... Men do have friends, no, I mean, I've I think, never but... had a friend for... I mean, I've had... I have long-term friends, but I've never had a friend... Since like childhood, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not... And it's a really different thing. It's really hard to explain. But I would say, if you have those friends... And I haven't lost touch with any of these particular friends ever. Like, we've never gone, like, ten years without seeing each other or anything like that. And I just went, drove, you know, it's like three hours away. Went and drove, well, two and a half hours. Drove up there yesterday. We, this was our evening. We sat at our dining room table. Her ten-year-old was still there. And her, she has three kids. A twenty-year-old, a seventeen-year-old, and a ten-year-old. Seventeen-year-old's in a room, kind of being a seventeen-year-old girl, which is kind of difficult. And then the ten-year-old comes in, sort of demanding the snack and the thing, and playing the Xbox and blah blah blah. And what, are you getting me an Easter basket? Are you getting me Easter candy? Are you getting me Easter candy? Am I gonna get chocolate? Am I gonna get chocolate? You know. So my friends, my friend kept looking at me the way Jim kept looking at the camera in the office. She'd be in the middle of, Mom, there's no food in this house. And are you gonna get me a basket? Am I gonna get chocolate? And she would just look over at me with those eyes like. See what it's like with the... And they're just, like, hammering away at her. So I'm sitting at the table, just, like, <laughs> shrugging my shoulders. You know, we sat there, we talk, we talk, we talk, we talk. Eventually, the dad, the ex-husband comes and takes the 10-year-old. The 17-year-old's gonna go out with her friends. So we go to an Italian restaurant, had dinner, came back, took a walk. Oh, I forgot that part. We went out and walked. It was dark with like the streets of this town or she lives really close to a, a university campus. We walked all around, all around, all around, you know, just to get a little exercise, get back. And we both sat on the couch, covered up with blankets on each end of the couch. <laughs> and we talked for another hour or two. And then we were both so tired. She went to bed and I fell asleep on the couch. That is a 45 year old, <laughs> my women's best friend night. And then this morning, we, she woke up early, early. I woke up early. She made coffee. She made the kids some breakfast. And we chatted, and then I came home. I mean, it's like, and it's fantastic. It's like the time you spend with somebody where the world kind of disappears a little bit. And you just, I don't even know how to describe it. So if you have a chance to do that with a friend that you know you can go spend an afternoon or an evening or stay all night in their house, just do it really nice and you were saying oh i don't think i'll go and i said I to wasn't you, no, you sure. should go. it wasn't so much i didn't want to go do the thing it's almost like sometimes if i could transport myself there like on star trek oh, yeah. the journey's kind of long sometimes but then once i'm in the car and i'm alone and then i'm listening to the music and i turn my tablet on and listen to a couple of, i listened i watched i didn't watch i learned something too that top chef shows like top chef canada is the one that i'm watching now you don't really need to look at it. Like, I 
laid my tablet in the car seat. I like to look at the food, though. I plugged it into the inline thing to hear it on the speaker, which was really quiet anyway. But so I've got it, you know, in the car, listening to it. And as the people are talking, and they're inter- it's the first two episodes, so they're introducing the people. And, yeah, they say I'm hotshot this. And the one woman says, you know, I don't really like very aggressive people. And I'm just listening. I don't even look at it, not even once. By the end of the episode, it's like I have in my mind who these people are. They've said it so well. So and blind then, people would be fine they with They describe their, well, they describe their food, they describe their cooking, they say everything they're doing, which you don't even realize when you're looking at it. And then I listen to the second episode, same thing. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the guy who's really cocky, and oh, that's the girl who's really demanding, and I'm not even looking, I don't even know what they look like. After two episodes, I have no idea what the people look like, because I just let it play. You'll then, know on the third when you watch it. Yeah, but I won't know who they are except for when they start telling you about themselves. I'm like, oh, the that's the guy, yeah, and that's the one. So, you know, that was pretty fun. And today it was rainy, so that was really nice to drive in the rain. I liked it. All right, so before that dog uh, backs up a storm some more, <laughs> let me say thank you for listening to the show. I remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com and sidtalk.com. We've changed the image for the podcast on iTunes. The little, I was going to say the little square, but now it's a big square. But it's a new... Not if you're looking at it on your phone. It's a new design, though. Only if you go to the website. Or to iTunes on your computer. No. But on your phone, it's not going to be any bigger than it was. But it'll be a new design. A little bit. Yeah. So uh, have a look at that. If you're looking at this now, if you're listening to this now, just have a look. We changed the little uh, logo. Um, And if it's not different, let us know. It is different. It should be different. (laughs) It should be different. Because I did embed it into last week's file and this week's. So um, you can also catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube... You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, as I've just mentioned. Um, the RSS feed on com, or just go to the Zoom Marketplace. Um, or just go on your Xbox. You can find it on there in the Xbox Music section. You can also email me at aschoolie, com. Don't email us. In the Music section. Yeah, they have a Xbox Music, it's called. And when you go in there, even on Windows 8, they have Xbox Music. Go into the podcast section and you can find us in it. Oh, you mean the Zoom thing. That's what it used yeah. to. Yeah. It's called Xbox Music um, on the Windows 8 and on the Xbox. Right, yeah. But we are in those in there, so you can find us in there. Um, and uh, stay classy, Mr. Brad- Bradley Pitt. Because a uh, very classy performance, this. Very. And just a reminder, he did go to the same college. That also, did, so. Tree of Life. Tree of Life. Oh, my God. Bradley Pitt. See? That could have been one of my favorites. And I'm going to say think for yourself or someone's going to do it for you.